Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. D.J. Manny. Manny. L. The number one, Scoop B Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bond said, yo, the best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the word of Scoop. He give you the business. He show you the proof. If Scoop B said, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment. He give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews. He give you the fix. On iTunes, the number one podcast. The joint and the journalist. The GOAT. So why ask? Watch out. Watch out. What about it? If he naming them, ScoopD.com. Do numbers like Chamberlain. Pin game is a gift. Got the gift to gab. If he say it is gospel, it's as simple as that. Now pay attention and you can see the way it's going up for this talking. This is Scoop B Radio. You're listening to Scoop B Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At Follow Scoop him. B. At Scoop B. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoop B Radio. At the White House. At the Governor's Mansion. On the basketball court. Happy birthday to Jay-Z. Today, December 4th, is the hip-hop mogul's birthday. And this episode of Scoop B Radio is brought to you by Wooter Apparel. Use the promo code SNOOP, that's S-N-O-O-P, and you'll save 20% on your first purchase over with Wooter Apparel. Make sure to also check out Scoop B Radio and Scoop B Merchandise through Wooter Apparel. Check it out. We've got some cool stuff. This episode of Scoop B Radio features... DJ Clark Kent has worked with everybody from Mariah Carey, Jay-Z, 50 Cent, and a ton of other people. I'd be telling you all day if I ran through his resume, but we talk about a lot of stuff. DJ Maniel, cue the tape in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's Squilly, y'all. Lay some treats on us. This going to be ready Scoopy Radio in your tape deck, on your TV screen, 
on your aux cord. We're everywhere you want to be. I am Brendan Robinson. Follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. Follow me on Instagram at Scoop underscore B. Snapchat Scoop underscore B. And make sure you subscribe to the Scoop B Radio Podcast Scoop B Radio. on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, everywhere in between. Scoop B Radio is brought to you by Wooter Apparel. Use the promo code SNOOP. That's S-N-O-O-P. And you save 20% on your first purchase with Wooter Apparel. And make sure you use that promo code when you buy Scoop B Apparel. Now available through Wooter Apparel. And on the line right now is a guy that's legendary. Um, first and foremost, DJ Clark Kent, welcome to Scoop B Radio. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, I want to tell you a story. So I was in college. I went to school right outside of Philadelphia. Ironic, you're in Philly right now doing some work. And my my roommate, Andre, um, we used to have, you know, girls would call the dorm room and be silly, you know, in between going to class and stuff. Um, thank God we graduated. And there was this, uh, my friend in L.A., she went to the University of South Carolina, excuse me, University of Southern California, her name is Jamila. And we were playing Brooklyn's Finest over and over again. Whenever she called, we play it. And when we would answer the phone, the first thing we would say was, Jay-Z and Biggie Smalls make you shit your drawers and hang up and make a call back. <laughs> nice. That song to me uh, was epic because you produced a song with a living legend and a guy that died a legend. What was that studio time like with those guys? Was we Were they in the studio at the same time? Did they send separate tracks? I'm curious to know how that actually went about. Okay. They were in the studio at the same time. The song was originally for Big, but before, I mean for Jay-Z, but before I got to the studio to lay it to Jay, Big heard the track and he wanted it for himself. I couldn't give it to him because it was already for Jay, but I said, if you come to the studio and wait downstairs, I'll tell him you should be on the record and we'll see what happens. And when I did, it was like, if you can get him to do it, it's all good but we're not paying Puff no money. And so the conversation went down. He, he he was down to do it. He definitely wanted to do it. I brought him upstairs. Everybody thought I was a funny guy for not telling him that he was downstairs. Um, Biggie, I mean, Jay had already, I had already tracked the record out and Jay had already did a whole song to it. When Big came upstairs and he said, yes, he's down to do it, Jay went in the studio redid all of his parts with brand new rhymes, but he did it like after 20 minutes of just listening to the beat again. So everything you hear on Jay, on that record, Jay went in and changed it 20 minutes after to lay what he laid and laid all of the spaces for Big to rhyme. Wow. So basically, he set up every one of Big's verses with a line. And then he was like, yo, you ready? To big and big was blown away by it. He was like, "Yeah, nah, I'm not ready. I'm gonna need a minute." Okay. So big took it home, and um, two months later, we uh we went back to the studio and again, all of us together. He laid his part, and then I had to figure out a hook because they left me in the studio with no hook. So I was there, uh, <laughs> trying to become a hook guy, and uh, we came up with what we came up with. I I went in the booth and I did the hook, and everybody was happy and. Luckily, they were happy. Otherwise, the record would have never happened. So that song, Brooklyn Fighters, when you talked about Jay actually leading it up to Biggie, are you talking about the ad-libs where he would say little things and then toss it to Biggie? Is that what you were referring to? No, if, if you listen to Big's verse, the first line, the first line of every verse 
is Jay Z saying the line first. Jay Z hmm. saying the first line to Big versus like okay. over, every time you hear Biggie rhyme, he's rhyming off of a Jay Z lyric. Like yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like when wow. Jay Z called let the let, let the corner breathing soft on you. What's your name? And then Biggie goes, Who shot your mob tie? Mm-hmm. And for someone who got shot, the first thing he says is, What's your name? And then the next question is, Who shot you? Right. Yeah. So he 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 left the line to set up for him. Right. Most people recognize you, unfortunately and fortunately, um, as Biggie and Jay's guy. Um, but you've also done other stuff. Um, your biggest hit yeah. that you produced was Lover Boy by Mariah Carey. And to me, mm-hmm. that tied in my parents' generation, my generation, um, into one setting. What was going through your mind uh, when you produced that? Um, only thing that was going through my mind was Mariah's a friend. We were shooting a, a, we were making a record for the movie, and the music had to fall in line with what was going to happen in the movie. So all I cared about was, does it feel like the time of the movie? Once it did, Mariah wrote a, she a crazy-ass song. So I, I knew from that point she was good. And like I said, she was the homie. So it wasn't like I was working with a with a, with a, a superstar. I mean, she's a superstar, but I didn't feel mm-hmm. like that because we were friends and we get in the studio and it was just like, let's make this record and let's make it dope for the movie. And, and, and we did. Scoopy Radio on the line with DJ Clark Hannon. You, you talked about Mariah Carey and producing that track. I had DJ Clue on Scoopy Radio a couple months ago, um, and he talked about her work ethic um, and in a lot of respects compared it to, and said it was up there with Puff. Um, more Puff having ADD like crazy in the studio, but still getting it done. From your perspective, what was her work ethic like? Her work ethic... All right, if, if I look at it from... Just how much she did vocally, yeah, she's she's she's, and we're only talking about one thing. Let's just talk about vocally. Vocally, she's there with Puff. Then add on the fact that she produces her vocals. Then add on the fact that she writes her records. All of those things is at Puff level, and it could be one word. If the one word isn't coming out right, the one word is going to get recorded fifty times till it's right. Like she's. She's about it. Like, you never heard her hit her off note. You always heard her. Everything she did, she did it to that level where you were just like, yeah, yeah, she's, she's bananas. And there was no there was no schedule. It could be, I got to hit this note right now, and it could be four in the morning, and you'll be in the studio. She could, write, she could write a whole song, do, record the whole song, and go, I want to hit that one note differently, and you'll be in the studio at four in the morning. So she could hit one note differently. How was ComplexCon? Um, ComplexCon was the internet in real life. <laughs> that's, as, that's as easily as, as I could put it. For me, it was cool because I got to I got to shop before everybody else, and you know, I didn't feel crazy in there. It, 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 I got to be part of the craziness before the craziness happened. The the second part was when the people got there, and then I had to you know navigate navigate that part and and become I guess the personality DJ Clark Kent was, you know, famous up and taking the pictures and, um, you know, uh, adhering to the people because I'm in a people business. 
I first met you at um, Mitchell and Ness's um, NBA All-Star Weekend party um, in New York. Um, knew about you, uh, you know, obviously growing up a Jay fan. Um, and what I am impressed with is how now, um, over the last few years, you've rebranded yourself um, as just the DJ as far as just, you know, parties. And, you know, my age group is old and I guess your age group is younger, so to speak. I'm joking. But for you, um, when you look at Mitchell and Ness and you look at the Nike Cortezes and you look at all the things that are going on, even you wearing um, the Jordan 12 jersey, I've seen you wear that. Did you know when you were younger that you were making history while you were living it or were you just living in the moment? Um, I don't think anybody who's made any amount of history at all knows that they're making history. They're, most history is birthed out of a certain amount of passion. And to me, if, if you're passionate about what you're doing, then whatever's going to come of it is going to come. Some may look at it like it's history. Some may look at it like it was momentous moments that change, you know, culture or whatever. But if you're sitting there trying to make history, because no such thing is actually catching lightning in a bottle, you know what I'm saying? Lightning gets caught in the bottle. You can't catch it. You understand what I'm saying? So whatever happens, happens. But you you say that I kind of rebranded myself as a DJ. I just want to put clarity to that statement. There's never a moment in my career that I wasn't the DJ first. I'm always a DJ first. Yes. I, I worked at record companies, but I DJed more than I was in the office. Yes, I worked with shoe brands. I worked in, within the the, the, the the fashion world or the apparel world, but I DJed more than I did anything. You know what I'm saying? The most important thing to me is playing great music. I'm a DJ first. But being a DJ is what gave me the ability to cross-pollinate other things that I that I wanted to do, like the, the shoe thing. Like, I was in the shoes when I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? So it's not like something I just was like, oh, I'm going to take up shoes. It was, I was doing it since I was a kid. So sure. it just was, it was part of the DNA of a, of a young black boy growing up in the hood in New York City. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to be fresh. There's not, there's nothing more to it to me except being fresh. Fair enough. Hardest question that I'll ask you in this whole interview. Who had a better debut first album? Kanye West or Jay-Z? Jay-Z, you don't even have to question that, Jay-Z. Kanye, Kanye had a, had Kanye's first best album was Graduation. Late Registration was good, College Dropout was good, but Graduation was that shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so if you're talking about debuts, debuts, reasonable doubt, smoke damn near anybody's debut. That, that graduation it's very album. few gate is very 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 few debut albums that were on the same level as Reading of a Doubt. You could say um Ready to Die, you could say Illmatic, but it's it's like like really like take a moment and think what's on the level of Reasonable Doubt. That was a debut album. And I don't even think you know what I what I'm impressed with, you know, and I look at the independent space that everybody is in now. Um I feel as though um, people had to go back and realize how good that first album really was. Like, I think people knew who he was, you know, mainstream when he crossed over by Blueprint 1, Blueprint 2. But, like, I don't think people, I don't think people really realized how great that album was. Like, when I was in college and I just had time to sit in my dorm room and listen to it, like, 
you know how you can watch a TV show when you're younger, then when you get older, you know, like a show like for me, watching Martin when I was younger or Friends when I was younger. I understand it now as a 20 or 30-something, living with roommates and getting things done. As an adult, mm -hmm. I understood reasonable without more. As a guy who was trying to get on, a guy who was, you know, making it for his peers, but you know, wasn't trying to go viral, wasn't trying to just, you know, be great. Like, he was just in his moment. I think that's, to me, what has always been impressive about his first body of work. You know, and obviously... Well, I, gentlemen first. To me, to me, the reason why I think people had to get it later is because he made his first album at 20, 27. Mm -hmm. his, his whole life had been on his first album. So... If you're up to 27, but the average bat fan is 18, and a 27 year old talking to you, you're gonna you're gonna be lost. And if you haven't ever ran the streets and you're still 18, and you get that album, you're even more lost. So you had to grow up a little, go back and get it. But I mean, once you do, you're like, oh yeah, okay, we get this. Yeah, this is it. Scoopy Radio on the line with legendary DJ DJ Clark. What do you have going on right now? Shucks. I got a lot of things going on. I'm I'm working with shoe brands. I'm I'm uh funny enough, I'm about to jump in a studio with Nipsey Hustle. With Missy Elliott? And Dave East. Nipsey Hustle. Oh, Nipsey Hustle and Dave East. Yeah. I'm I met I met him for the first time when I was out at ComplexCon and he said to me, I didn't meet you for no reason. He's like, We gotta do something. And it's funny because as soon as he said that, I was like, Oh, I got something for you. So after this week, when I, when I get back to New York, we're, uh, we're going to be exchanging some, some musical ideas and try to make some work. And then I I promise Jay-Z some of these shows for his album, so I got something for him, too. Pretty, everybody calls Davies. A lot of people, I won't say everybody, a lot of people call. I think it's significant that you're working with Nipsey Hussle and you're working with Davies. Because New York rappers say Davies is a fresher breath air, or a breath of fresh air, rather. Um, you know, guys like LL Cool J or Jada Kiss or, or Fabulous, they, they think he's a, a guy that pays homage or, you know, respects New York. I looked at Game like that back when he came on the scene, you know, but I think he was a mix of an L.A. rapper and an East Coast rapper tied into one. But then you look at Nipsey, a West Coast guy, um, who has the respect of, of his peers as well. When you look at those guys for their respective cities, what do you see? All I feel about me is I, I don't really care where you're from. All I care is if you have talent. If you also can rap. You know what I'm saying? Daisy's can rap. That's like, that would be like me going, I don't I don't like T.I. Like, that sounds dumb to me. Like, T.I. gets super busy. So mm -hmm. why wouldn't I like him? That's like somebody not liking Andre 3000. He's, he's amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care where you're from. All I care is that you can rap. If you can rap, then that's all that matters to me. So what you do for your city is ba is going to be based off of how good the records are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, you from L.A., yeah, okay, you represent your hood, but what if you represent your hood in your wax? You know what I'm saying? You can represent your hood all you want. If, if I don't think that you can rap, I really don't care. So all I care about is what you're going to do performance-wise on them records. You're going to make good records or not. And then what you do with the level of success that you attain from being great on these records that's just what you did. And it, you know, like everybody wants to have a sense of pride. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Every hood wants to have somebody that they can look at and go, yeah, he made it from our hood and be able to go, thank you, or you held it down. And, you know, 
to me, I think if an artist takes that pressure off them and really focuses on making great records, they could better serve the hood that they're from. Because if you don't make great records and you're just trying to serve the hood and then there's a bunch of whack shit, what matters then? Nothing. When you look at, um, you know, my era, we looked at Jay as the guy. Now my sister's era, she's 21, and look at Drake as the guy. Who's next? Who's next? That's a good question. That's a great question. All I know is he better be nice. Because as far as I'm concerned, if you saying Drake is the guy and Jay-Z put an album out that cleared everybody's slate this year, it's funny that a 47-year-old guy just picks up rapping. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because I was just having that conversation with a buddy of mine and he was saying to me, it's crazy that 444 came out in the summertime. It shut shit down. And now... It's almost like people remember, but they forget. If that makes sense, has the has the has the album lost its effect that it had maybe twenty years ago? Well, here's the reason why the album itself is one of the best bodies of work mm-hmm. that that we've seen in a good long time. So how can you say it lost anything? It's still that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's still crazy. I so, think the, but yeah, the you might be thinking, you might be thinking, okay, yeah, it, 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 no one's looking at the whole album. They're looking at songs that came off the album. But here's how you know that the album was effective. His shows are sold out. They want to uh-huh. see him perform those records. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. might look at it and go, well, this, this single's not rocking or that record's not rocking, but he can go and perform the whole album and everybody will be happy. So his album works. When you go see other artists, they can't perform their whole album. Mm-mm. He can perform his whole album. And people will be like, yeah, that was that shit. Why? Because his music did something to your soul. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You wanted to hear everything. You didn't listen to his album like, it was, it was, um, you know, this was album like it was a few songs that you like. You listen to his album like this body of work is special. But you know what? I look at Black Album that way. I feel like I, didn't, I believe that both of those, the Black Album and 444, they did the same thing for me. It made me feel the same way. Black Album, as a freshman in college, was like, oh snap, he's retiring. I could. You know, when he had that, that concert at Madison Square Garden, people were knowing the whole album the same way, that people were breaking right. their neck to listen to 444. And, but the difference was, I could sit at dinner and play Story of OJ for my parents, and they got it. Because they were the ones who told me to turn that rap shit off. They don't want to hear it. I, to me, that's gross. Because he's, it's because he's grown. Yeah. But you also have to understand this, too. Your parents grew mm-hmm. up in the rap era. And maybe when they were telling you to turn that shit off, it was maybe because it was a lot of bullshit. Yep. yep. So if you get if you get the ability to do different change, different place, some other shit, and, and it makes them feel like they felt when they were first hearing rap, the rap that they cared about, mm-hmm. and you hear 444, you could be 50 years old, you're going to be like, turn that shit up. He talking Come that in. shit. I understand that shit. Yeah. Yeah, Scoopy Radio on the line with DJ Clark Kent. 
talking music, talking his endeavors, and talking JC. Um, one of the things that um, I found interesting about you, um, in addition to working with Mariah, in addition to working with Jay, in addition to working with Biggie, um, 50 Cent. Um, you, you've produced for him and you've produced for Slick Rick. Uh, I think 50 Cent and Slick Rick are excellent storytellers. Um, when you worked with 50, um, where did you find that he his storytelling um, evolved? Because I feel like when he was with Sony, he was raw. And then when he came out with um, Get Rich or Die Trying, which was his first official album, um, you know, it went mainstream. But Power of a Dollar to me was, was, was what I liked. When you worked with 50, where did you see him evolve over time? Well, I, I knew 50 since he was with JMSJ, and I thought there was something about him that was that was special. And then when he got with Tone and Polk, I thought there was something about him that was special. But when he got when he got um with, with, with Eminem and he was with uh, Wu Kid and and Shot, there was something else happening, and it was. It's almost like he got to be exactly who he wanted to be because he was being it for himself. And once he got to that 50, it was like, hold up, that shit just feels different. And it did. It just felt different. So it it worked different. And then, um, you know, me and him were cool. Like I said, I've known since he was with Jamison Jake. And he heard the the beat. And the beat was for an album I was making for myself. And he was like, fuck, I need this record. So I was going to put it on my album and he was going to be on the record. But I was like, okay, cool. Give me a verse to it. When he came back, he had three verses. And I kind of had to take everybody off the record and leave it for him because it was too big. Huh. And this was the... And then, was- I, then, I, then I had to call Tony and Pope, who are my mans, and tell them, yo, he said this on the record. It's not like I, I support it. I'm just saying... He said it and it worked for him. And they were just like, they wouldn't even care. When they heard it, they were like, shit is fire. It doesn't matter. B Radio. Yeah, I think 50, I tell people all the time 50 Cent is the guy who um, was the black boyfriend that the white girl brought home and scared everybody, so to speak. But he was saying some things that, that carried substance. You know, and I think over time, um, he got people's attention for being a disruptor and, and really some people would say cleaning himself up, but really and truly just evolved. Um, and, and I think okay. that... Here's, here's what I thought. Here's what I thought, and here's the reason why it didn't... I didn't feel any ways about making a record with him was simple to me. Again, a rapper's going to say what he's going to say, and you're going to be nice or you're going to be whack. But the most important thing is, is the song. And I heard so many great songs from him that I was like, he's going to make great songs. So even if he's talking tough shit, it's going to be a great song. He's talking regular shit. It's going to be a great song. He's talking to a girl. He's going to think about the song. He's thinking the hook. He's thinking everything all the way through. And if you think about music that way, even if he's talking about killing somebody's parents, if he knows how to make it a great song, you're going to appreciate it for the song that it is. You know what I'm saying? You listen to it. For, like, people didn't listen for 50 going, oh, he's super nice. They were like, yeah, that song is dope. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's not a he's not a a bar for bar for bar guy. He's a is this song dope? This song is dope because when you went to concerts off of Get Rich or Die Trying, he could perform the goddamn interlude and they would have been crazy. (laughs) 
Yeah, and then he evolved to a hook guy. I, I feel like, it, and he, he, God rest that, I feel like he became a hooker for hire, so to speak, like Nate Dogg was when he was on people's tracks. I think there was a period where he, he transitioned into that hook guy. He was a hook guy from the beginning. Listen to all of his records. They all had great hooks. You know what I'm saying? Even when he was like, when even when he did How to Rob, the hook was great. You know what I'm saying? When he did the the song with Beyonce, the hook was great. You know what I'm saying? Hooks, hooks make hooks make the finishing of a song, and and that matters to him. There's a lot of artists who it doesn't matter to, and then if you show, then you recognize the record is being great records, and the hook ain't hot. The hook ain't all the way there. Scoop B Radio. How disappointed were you that Shine? Um, did not get to fulfill his career as the talented person he was in America after the, the incident that happened okay. in the club. Okay. Let's go from the beginning. I found Shine. So who's disappointed? I guess nobody. But I mean, as, as far no, as... I'm the most disappointed. I found him, so I'm the most disappointed because I could see what he could have been. Okay. So I'm the most disappointed. You know what I'm saying? I found him in a barbershop. My man called me, yo, this dude over here gets super busy. I go. What do I do? I automatically, I'm like, I'm trying to get him a deal immediately. And then the bidding war started because I was like, yo, everybody, this guy's fucking dope. And he was dope. And then, you know, this happens to him. I mean, you know, it's rough. So, yeah, disappointed? Yeah, I'm fucking disappointed. Probably the most because I saw it from the beginning. When you looked at um, when you look at his career um, and you look at his body of work, what do you think could have been had that incident not happened? I think he would have done well. I think he would have done well because, like the team that he had around him making like, making the music was they were focused on making great songs. Like he was trying to puff. Like puff is a song guy. Paul Pierre is a hook guy. They were trying to put together great music, and they were mm-hmm. and his first album was fucking good. So like you mm-hmm. can only it, it, with 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 more and more experience, you can only get better. I just think that if you have momentum on your side and you have momentum, but then you run away. So you know what I'm saying. Like if he doesn't go away, he's making another album where he's trying to be better than his last. That was good. But now he's trying to be better, and then he's trying to be better, and then he's trying to be better. You know what I'm saying? He's not laxing on his lows. He's, sure. he's Caribbean, so he can't lax on his lows. The only way they can think is to try to be better the next time. <clears throat> Couple more questions. You're you're a sports guy. Um, yeah. Looking at the looking at the infrastructure of the NBA right now, the first few mm-hmm. uh, I guess the month or so into the season, what do you like? What do I like? Yeah. What do you? Who are you like? I like Kyrie Irving. I'm a I'm a Knicks fan. I'm mm-hmm. a Knicks fan, so I'm diehard Knicks fan. So I'm okay with my Knicks right now. <laughs> but I look at the Celtics. And I think this is crazy. And then I look at the Cavs and think that's the reason why it's crazy is because you let Kyrie Irving go. <laughs> like who who who's the fuck with, with with the Cavs last year in the East? Nobody. There were some dudes who might have gave him some issues. No team could fuck with them. Right now, there are teams in the East that are beating. They're beating the Cavs. Like that sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. When you looked at LeBron James walk onto the Knicks uh, center court and then post on Instagram that he was the king of New York, I thought that was bullshit. 
I thought it was bullshit. <laughs> and the reason, and the, and 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 the thing is, if I had to look at a player that I could go, well, when he's New York, he always crushed New York. That was Michael Jordan. You you can't take Michael Jordan's spot as being the guy who who leaves the Nick Hart voice. And think about think about who he's beating. You know, see, he's beating these Knicks. He's not beating Patrick Ewing, Charles Oakley, um, Charles Williams, John Starks, Allen Houston. He's not beating those Knicks. He's not beating the Knicks that would have punched you in the face. He's not beating the Knicks. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? He's beating Porzingis and some guys that play with him. Yeah. What do you think of Porzingis? There's a big difference. You- I think Porzingis is amazing. Actually, he far exceeded what I expected. Were you one of those guys who, when they were drafted, he said, you said who? Did you know who he was before he became a Nick? No. Nah. I'm okay. a sports fan. I knew who he was, but I was just like, I wonder how this is going to work. Yeah. When I was at the draft, I was covering, I was working, and I was like, who is this? It felt like uh, when the Eagles fans booed Donovan McNabb in the 96 NFL draft. Right. And I think that, you know, I think that that, if anything, motivated both those guys. I think so Przingis being in the toughest city in the world, you know, um, he had something to prove. And I think his personality, as well as just him blending in as, a, as an athletic big, um, has, has, has helped him immensely, you know, in, in transitioning to the NBA. Mm-hmm. When you look at Frankie uh, on the Knicks, the point guard, do you like him? What do you think? Who does he remind you of? When I look at who? Frankie, the point guard on the Knicks, Nitalinka. I mean, he's cool. I'm not mad at him. He got a ways to go. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, Hardaway's there too. Scoop B Radio. And he's real deal. But again, you know, imagine if you had a little more depth to you. Like if you had another, another, uh, another guy that you could look at and go, he's real deal. As soon as you hear his name, you know, like yeah, he's real deal. Then, you know, things start to feel different around it. But sure. you know, right now, they're in a building stage, and for some guys who are building, they look fucking good to me. You're listening to Scoop the Radio. I love it. Brand new Scoop B selects. Featuring Bulletproof Belv, 20 Bands. DJ Manny. Manny. Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got 20 bands on it right now, right now. And I just made 20 bands right now. And I just counted 20 bands right now. And I'ma flip these 20 bands right now. You should've stayed low, should've stayed down. And I just made 20 bands right now. And I just counted 20 bands right now. And I'ma flip these 20 bands right now. Should've stayed low, should've stayed down. If you ain't love me, then how you love me now? I used to build you up and you tore me down We used to be high, how you let me down Now you only come around for the money now And I don't get a call or a text from you And every time we talk it's like I'm stressing you You see me on a gram, I'm a flash for you I took my heart right out my chest for you I probably would've wrote a blank check for you But anyway, say free the plug 
Now it's moving hella, hella drugs with him. Now it's Lord even with the core with him. The judge try to stick the fork in him. He told me watch the snakes and the haters. And they probably calling up for a favor. When I was broke, they didn't want to share the paper. Not just made 20 bands right now. And I just counted 20 bands right now. And I'ma flip these 20 bands right now. Should've stayed low, should've stayed down. And I just made 20 bands right now. And I just counted 20 bands right now. And I'ma flip these 20 bands right now. Should've stayed low, should've stayed down. If you rockin' with my haters, don't talk to me. Same bitches try to kill me, showin' love to me. Everywhere I go, yeah, I got some thugs with me. And everywhere I go, yeah, I got some drugs with me. They like the chinky eyes, girl, say they lovin' me. Pockets so fat, yeah, I got them drugs on me. 20,000 on me, yeah, I got that drug money. It's prime time. Yeah, I do a dance on him. Get on yeah, his Instagram now. Follow him. That's cool. Please follow him. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.